Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code here on Iconic.com. I'm here with Primetime Alex Stein. That's your alter ego, Alex. I think I spoke to you about six months ago on Conspiracy Castle, but to see how well you're doing, and it's much needed, the comedy that, you, that you're bringing, the satire, the, the just taking the piss out of the woke. We tried to do it on WhatsApp in our own British kind of dry sense of humour, kind of grumpy way, but you obviously do it in a more outwardly exuberant way but it's both doing the same thing how important is it alex to take the piss out of these people um and why aren't people more people doing it well to be honest it's, it's kind of like we're kind of have to do it because they mock us rich you know i talk about this all the time it's like really what i'm trying to do is just mock them back we live in a world now where now they talk about sudden adult death syndrome that's their new thing i mean they actually act like that's some new disease that just got started in 2021 and people are like oh yeah that's a real thing people are just 32 healthy they just died a marathon from sudden adult death syndrome to me that is pure mockery now what i'm doing is a little different i'm not trying to kill people i'm trying to bring joy and laughter to people but i'm saying i'm using the same techniques where it's like what i try to do is i try to blend the line of reality and fiction because they do that they're literally lying to us and they tell us it's a fact so i try to do the reverse engineer of that rich how do you come up with the ideas to do these things i mean you've done things like trans swimming sensation trans kids on puberty kids on puberty blockers um the recruiting for the world war three army the abortion one recently i mean do you just go through the papers and say, look at the woke madness of it and go, I could just do a spin off of that and turn up somewhere? I mean, it's it, it's not the sort of thing I'll be able to do. I'm not as outgoing as that. But how do you come up with the ideas of this? Well, that, I mean, you nailed it. It's exactly right. All you have to do is turn on CNN and you listen to Brian Stelter or MSNBC or any of the legacy media here in America. And you can just listen to what they say. It's like the new thing right now is there's a video on Twitter that's going um, where Josh Hawley, a congressman, they, they're talking about Roe versus Wade and the people that they're interviewing are supposedly pregnancy experts. And they keep on saying pregnant persons, people that are able to birth. You know, they can't even say that a woman or a man, you know, they, they literally think men can have babies. So that's where we're at. It's like we've just lost all touch of reality. So for me, I'm just literally whatever they say, like I can make fun of that. I mean, I'm going to say I'm a birthing person. And I've said that before because it's all a joke. Rich, it's literally a joke. It, like what they're really saying on the TV and in the legacy media or whatever you hear that is a joke so i'm just putting a mirror to it and what i'm doing now and i didn't necessarily call it this other people started calling it but i've adopted it it's called culture jamming we take the most absurd parts of our culture and you jam it in people's face so you're kind of like whoa is this really is this really what's happening and i think a good example of that is is i do it in a comedic form but libs of tiktok all libs of tiktok does is find the craziest weirdest parts of our culture and just post it just repost it and everybody wants to shut her down the woman that runs it because what it does is it exposes them because you actually see the culture you actually see the madness that you're defending so i think if you just put a mirror up to the narrative people are like whoa i, I don't know if i should follow this this is this is a little too weird have you always been like that have you always been the little the young boy that was pointing and saying the emperor had no clothes on have you always been that way yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, I, I think, you know, I was always kind of the class clown. I was always getting in trouble. I'm very anti-authority. Uh, and that's the that's the thing, Rich, is, is you say left wing, right wing. Well, both wings are on the same bird. There's people that are in our government. It doesn't matter. They act like they're conservative, yet they'll give a billion dollars to Ukraine every day till the day I die. So the problem is, is I, I, 
I don't like the establishment. I'm anti-establishment. I mean, obviously, I lean towards more of the conservative side, but there, I have a lot of problems with conservatism. I think that we probably should have some sort of universal health care. I don't like here in America that when people are afraid to call an ambulance because they break their arm. So I don't think, you know, all of my viewpoints are necessarily 100 percent conservative. And at the same time, you know, now it's like all these people are crazy, you know, in the Christian, the Christian right. They really are now in America. It's kind of they call them Christian fascists where they're anti-gay. I don't care if you're gay, go be gay. I just don't want children to be indoctrinated with your homosexuality. That's it. I don't care about a pride parade. I just don't think it should be a pride parade for children. So my point being is I don't care, you know, about having some sort of identity political viewpoint. I want to have my own viewpoint. And my viewpoint is to be anti-establishment. So my whole life, I think I've always been anti-authority. And now that I'm getting older, I'm realizing, you know, the authority that bosses us around as adults is a government that doesn't care about us. Have you always known about this? I mean, you call it Conspiracy Castle. Um, was it conspiracies that got you into this conspiracy research? Or was this something is something that came along later on, but you could see the political absurdity of all this madness? Well, I mean, really, I, I didn't want to be that political. I mean, I graduated college in 2010, and I remember I moved to California, and that's when I first noticed from going from, you know, I grew up in Texas, went to college in Louisiana at, at Baton Rouge. It's a big school. It's a 50,000-person school. And then I went to L.A. and I, you know, I kind of noticed the wokeness and this is in 2010. So obviously it was very liberal, but it, it didn't it, it, it hadn't gotten as bad as it is now. Like there's homelessness or skid row. There's a lot of the aspects, you know, that are still in L.A. today, but it wasn't as bad. But then I started to notice really in 2015 when Hillary was running, that's really when I woke up. Like, obviously, I woke up to 9-11 a little bit before that, probably 2014. And that's when I really started to realize, like, Oh, maybe the government would lie. There's a thing called Operation Northwoods where the CIA had a, you know, a plan to fly building, fly planes into buildings during the Cuban Missile Crisis and blame it on Cubans in order to start a war with Fidel Castro. And I'm like, huh, wait, so the CIA is not good. And then you learn about JFK. But for me, it was really the transition from where Hillary, every single media company said Hillary's going to win. Uh, the day of the election, New York Times said Hillary's going to win 98% chance. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I like Trump, but Trump's not going to win. You know, he's not going to win. I didn't expect him to win. And then Trump won. And that was the, that was like the moment for me. I was like, oh, well, the, the news is fake. The, literally, the news is fake. I always kind of gave, I always suffered from cognitive dissonance right up until he got elected, basically. I was kind of like, well, the news can't all be fake. Yeah, there's some fake people. They're trying to sell some pharmaceuticals. They're trying to do this, you know, but you have that cognitive dissonance. You think, well, they can't all be in on the plot. You know, there's got to be some good guys. And when I realized that it was a coordinated effort to say that Hillary Clinton was going to win when she she didn't, she got crushed. And as a matter of fact, she wasn't even as popular as they said. That for me was the final domino that was like, OK, all right. Made all the other dominoes fall down where I had that cognitive dissonance. Where I was like, maybe the government's OK. Now I was like, no, this is it. I, this is, this is, you know, there's no trust whatsoever. And from then, that's when I really got political was uh, 2015, 2016. So you call it Mockingbird Media. Um, can you explain to the audience what that actually means? Well, we know that in the 60s and 70s, what happened was is the CIA was put and they were, test they were testifying in front of Congress and they actually admitted, you know, they had to admit that the Mockingbird Media was Operation Mockingbird was a plan where they had people from the CIA and every single level, level of our radio, television, media, and film. And as a matter of fact, you even look at, you know, some of the biggest directors now, they have liaison, Hollywood liaison offices now. If you're trying to shoot a big movie and you actually want to use like a real tank or a Hollywood mm -hmm. tank, 
you have to speak to these liaison liaison officer. That's hard word to say. You have to speak to these offices and get permission. And oftentimes these military people will want to change the narrative of the story. I think it was um, uh, last action hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger, I believe. And uh, I can't think of the director off the top of my head. And I know his name. I just can't Michael Bay. I think is what his name was. And he wanted the terrorists to be like Chinese. And then they said, no, they need the terrorists to be Muslim. They need to be, you know, uh, Muslim terrorists. And the reason they do that is because you know this, I know this, there's a lot of truth in movies and lies in the news. That's what they use. They use movies to propagandize us and to use predictive programming so that when it comes true, we're kind of like, oh, well, oh, the Muslims are always the bad guys. And then we go start a never ending war in the Middle East over weapons of mass destruction that didn't even exist. So it's kind of scary how coordinated this effort is to use propaganda to trick people into starting these never ending wars. And I think right now, although I'm awake to all this, seeing everybody cheerlead for this war in Ukraine, when nobody could even pick out Ukraine on a map, you go, I went and covered the gay pride parade in New York City. They had all these Ukrainian flags. That gay marriage isn't even legal in the Ukraine. If you're transgender in the Ukraine, you try to go to Poland, they say, no, 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 you, here's a gun, go fight. So they don't even accept transgenderism. They don't even accept gay marriage. Yet all, you know, the homosexual community is defending the war in Ukraine immensely. So it just shows you how stupid, excuse me, I'm not just trying to say everybody's stupid, but how easy it is to convince somebody to cheerlead for something they have no idea what they're cheering for. Do you think what they get out of it is they're so in desperate to be seen to be a virtuous person? I'll call it virtue sickness. They'll get rid of everything. It, it, absolutely every logic just so you tell me see me as a good person even though i know you know that i'm a dickhead and i know that you that you're a dickhead we don't say it and we certainly don't put it on social media it's the absurdity of where we are it's this what is going on it doesn't make sense because these people they want to act they're so virtuous and they want a virtue signal yet they're the first person to cheerlead if somebody doesn't get vaccinated and dies of a vaccine you know i mean these are the first people that say oh, well, you know, you should die or you shouldn't be able to go somewhere. So it's all fake virtue. And that's the problem. It's like we live in a society where people are being fake, nice, even the ones that are trying to be nice. I'm saying it's all fake. They really don't want to help one another. And that's the problem. That's probably our biggest problem in society is that you see people. And this is what makes me mad. I don't know. I, I didn't use a fake vax card. I never did that. And I know there's a lot of people that do do that. And I think that's almost like the worst thing is you're kind of capitulating. You're like playing their reindeer games. And so for somebody to tell me, oh, well, I'm, I'm anti-establishment, I'm anti-mask, I'm anti-vaccine, but even for you to use that, that card is, you know, basically you're playing their game. So I'm saying there's the fake virtue, and there's also people that are against it that kind of, you know, whatever, they want to pretend to uh, be able to subvert the rules and, and still live their life. So it's just hard. It's like both, what my point being is there's people on both sides that aren't genuinely themselves, that still don't want to affect their lives. They still want to be able to go on their vacation. They still want to be able to look good on Facebook. And they're not being authentically themselves. And that's what we have a problem in this country. We have an identity crisis. And that's why I think that one of the biggest problems is. How do you think that's going to play out in the years to come if these kids are, are growing up, these teens are growing up, pretending to be something they're not? I mean, we're always doing that anyway. That's part of being a teenager, but not to this absurd degree where you're basically building an online avatar of yourself and people love that. Uh, how are they how is that fetch that split going to be when they get older because they're hitting their 40s and they're saying yes when they mean no we're going to have some serious michael douglas fall down moments kicking off well, everywhere 
Well, there's two things. I mean, there's kind of a twofold answer. I think right now we have the huge identity crisis with young kids that are actually transitioning their gender because their teachers encourage it. And so they're making lifelong decisions where they're getting on hormone blockers during a stage of their adolescence and their puberty that they can't ever get back. And I know there's people that started hormone blockers at 12 and then they stopped at 17 and they still had like a genitals of a 12 year old. So like there's, there's that point where people are making lifelong decisions because of like a phase in their life. Um, and that's kind of the not true, not being true to themselves. And there's also, I think, the conspiratorial side. Richard, I believe, and I'm a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist, they want to make life so bad. So when they finally have the technology, like you see in the Matrix or like in the Vanilla Sky, they want to plug you into some sort of metaverse. And they're going to say, oh, well, climate change is so bad. You can come live in this pod. And normally you'll live for 70 years on average here on Earth. But in the pod, you'll live for thousands of years. You can live for however long you want. You'll be intubated and you'll be able to have all the money. You'll have all your dead relatives. You'll have the hottest girlfriend or the hottest husband, whatever you want. And I think that is kind of the future where you just said this social media lifestyle where you put out your best, greatest hits. You're going to actually be able to be your social media profile. But the sad thing is people don't realize as soon as you sign up and you sign your name on the dotted line and they put the intubation tube and they hook the thing to your brain, you die, you're dead. You know, you never wake up and people might not realize that. And, and so I think that's a, the harsh reality. If I have to predict the future, I think we're going to have a weird future where people are literally plugging into machines and living a fake life in, inside of some sort of digital matrix. I think possibly I had this conversation with my partner today. Possibly we've done that here, and that's how we got here. That's just another yeah, I know. level. Yeah, it's a simulation. Like, we, yeah, I know. I, well, I, 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 you know, people say that. I know, you know, and they say it's a simulation. It's like, oh, are we already plugged into it? Were we born into it? Maybe I don't know. I mean, there's a and you know, it's actually funny though that you say that because I was kind of thinking about this just when I was showering because I'm I'm speaking at this event tonight. It's this young Republicans thing, and uh, the local media is already like killing them. They're like, are you really letting Alex Stein speak? You know, they call <laughs> me. They say I'm far right and all this stuff. But uh, I guess uh, I guess back to my point, though, before I get onto that tangent, I'm talking about you are and people don't realize this. They think like, oh, I want to blame everything on everything else. Oh, I'm a victim. That's big in America. Everybody wants to be a victim like victimhood is a thing. But really and truly, you are the author of your own autobiography. And once you start writing it and that's what I did, you know, I lived a lot of my life kind of just like going with the flow and kind of letting like the oh, this opportunity comes and kind of just whatever happens, just kind of like, you know, getting lucky, I guess. But once you actually take control of your own life and you start making your own um, opportunities, you can do that. Every single person doesn't matter. Like, Oh, I'm in debt. Oh, I have this. Well, you can go out there and you can actually change your life. You can start right now. And people don't realize that they can actually do whatever the hell they want. They think, Oh, I have to do this because people are going to, you know, view me this sort of way. I got to fit in. But that's not the case. When I stopped trying to be universally liked, I started to get way more liked. It's so crazy. You know what I mean? I used to kind of always want to capitulate and not be so out there and not talk about a lot of my crazy uh, conspiracy ideas. And then once I just said, forget about it, who cares what they think? You know, I'm not going to be universally liked anyway. I started to get more liked. So my point being is we need to realize, take control of our own lives instead of letting other people dictate it, instead of like living your whole life as a debt slave in a little office and just going on a vacation two weeks out of the year and be like, oh, well, it's all worth it for those two weeks. Start living every day of your life like you're on vacation. And, and it's easier said than done. It's not easy because like I said, you might have kids, you might have bills, you might have this, but you got to try. You got to try to actually live your life like you're on vacation, because if you don't, you're literally just going to die, a, a, you know, a very meaningless life in my opinion. Well, you said there, you said they're universally liked. And, and that term sounds like you're trying to kind of vanilla it across the, the middle and be liked by everyone. But what you've done is you've taken had the guts to be universally 
um, as equally hated as liked. Yes. Do you know what yeah, I mean? So you've got a lot 100%. of people that like you yes. and a lot of people uh-huh. that hate you, but had the guts to go, okay, this is something I'm not in the middle. And that's, that's kind of what you you've done. You, and then that is an incredibly brave thing to do. Well, and you know, it's funny cause it's, it's, you say that keeps saying it's funny, but I, I, my hero, my comedic hero is a guy named Andy Kaufman. And there's a mm-hmm. great movie by Jim Carrey called man on the moon, where it was a, you know, like a live action movie of his of his life. But if you just look on YouTube, you look anywhere, you know, you look at Andy Coffin, his career, he kind of was like um, he was universal. He, well, he was really liked. And then he became a villain. He started like wrestling these women. And what Andy Coffin did that I liked and that I try to do myself is he would do stuff. And I do these at meetings where I'm 100 percent real. And I want them to think I'm real because that's part of the joke, because if they believe it and then they don't think anything I did is funny, that's funny to me. Then I'm laughing behind the scenes like Andy Kaufman would have somebody come on stage and hit him. And he'd want, he wanted he want the audience to think it's real. And then they wouldn't laugh at all. They'd be like, what the hell just happened? And then he would get off stage and start cracking up. And that's how I am. I leave some of these meetings. I, I'm dying laughing because I can tell, like, you know, the way they talked to me after they were so concerned. They're like, are you OK? Is your wife OK? Or whatever <laughs> stupid thing I said. And that's my favorite thing is because not everybody has to get in on the joke. And then if you can film that and then it, then you actually can make people laugh by doing that weird thing. And I think Andy Coffin was brilliant at uh, doing these kind of awkward in-person situations. Like you just said, I'm not going to be universally liked, you know, I'm not, I'm actually going to be hated and I've been protested. And now that I'm getting more popular, more people hate me, more people say mean stuff to me, but what they don't realize is, is I love it. That's what I kind of like. I like to invoke, I'm saying this with a smile on my face. It's weird to be like, Oh, I like being hated, but everybody wants to be liked, you know, that's just kind of natural. You don't want it, but I also kind of want to be hated. I mean that I'm not just saying that, uh, you know, hyperbolically or metaphorically. The people that, that hate you are the ones that you're pointing out and putting down the woke um, virtue sickness and virtue signals. They're the ones that you're getting at. So to be liked by the pe- by these types of people isn't going to mean anything to you anyway. Hey, you're 100% right. It's like, so there's this local uh, magazine called D Magazine, and they're the ones that are really going after this event that's hosting me. And, uh, and you know, somebody was saying a good point, and I, and I agreed with 100%. It's like, uh, they've written multiple articles about me. They've written, like, where I live. They basically dox me. And they're like, Alex, could you imagine if they were writing good things about me? And I'm like, I would hate that because I'm not on their side. If they're writing good things yeah. about me, that means I'm an evil piece of crap. Yeah. So you're right. I'm, I'm poking, I'm poking, I'm getting the right people mad with what I'm doing. And so that's the, that's like, that I know I'm having an effect. And if there's also in the Howard Stern movie, now Howard Stern's politics sucks, but he used to be really cool when he was edgy and stuff. And I grew up listening to him, but in his movie, there's a there's a scene when he was like getting super popular and they did like a survey and they go, well, people that like Howard Stern, listen to him for an hour and 10 minutes. I'm like, what about people that hate Howard Stern? They listen to it for three hours and 10 minutes, you know, and there's something about that. The person that hates you is going to actually look and listen and watch what you do even more so than the people that like you. It's really strange. I think Twitter was built on that 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 business model of, of that that feeds off that, which is incredible. I mean, I think they survived six, seven years ago by becoming the political political platform, because before that, I think they were really struggling. Um, you're one of your videos for over four million views. What does that feel like when you get that many views on something and go from I mean, I think even in the six months since I spoke to you, you you've absolutely gone viral. You're on Tucker Carlson, Sky News Australia. Um, it, it's quite amazing to see how you've 
and and well deserved and it's a it's really really great to see because it opens up the door for the rest of the people like myself and gareth who do what have to show that there is a massive market and people want to laugh at that and i think what you do is make people feel less alone in a world that's completely insane you make them feel like okay this is an insane world and i'm not one of them but to see that go from that to that in six months what has it been like for you no, it feels really good. And honestly, it's like, you know, you have to work whatever every single day of your life to become an overnight success. So it's not like, you know, I was doing this podcast with nobody watching it now. You know, a lot of people watch it now. I have a lot of opportunities. But uh, to be honest, it's like it, it's a great feeling. But I guess it's kind of like this uh, sad, harsh reality that it's like I, I got to keep going. It's just it's almost just motivating. It's not like, a, oh, I got a big video and now I can just rest. It's almost kind of pressure it in a weird way because now I'm like, okay, well, I want to top it. I want to top it. And it kind of becomes, sadly, I, I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke weed. I used to, but I quit drinking alcohol about three years ago. And then I stopped yeah. smoking marijuana about a year ago. And for me, and I hate to admit this, it's kind of my drug now, you know, creating content, going and doing these viral stunts or whatever, you know, that's how I get the adrenaline rush. So, and now I'm going to Washington, D.C. tomorrow. I fly out there tomorrow morning and I'm going to call out some politicians in person. And just the nervous excitement that I have, it's better than any drug because it's like a clean high. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to be at Capitol Hill and I, and I have some politicians that are going to help me try to find like Elan Omar. I'm going to try to call her out for marrying her brother and just, you know, uh, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren, I'm going to call her out for being a fake Pocahontas Indian. So what I'm saying is that's my drug. So it feels good. Oh, I love when he, I, I would be lying. Oh, I, I, of course I want attention. I'm an attention whore. I'm trying to, you know, get attention. Duh. I'm not going to sit here and lie. People like, Oh, you're just trying to get attention. Well, no shit, Sherlock, excuse my French. You know, I mean, of course I want to get attention. I'm trying to create a podcast. I'm trying to send a message. So I want, I don't want to just do it into a vacuum, but at the same time, when, when you get those, those big hits, it's kind of like, well, I got to keep going now. I know it's working, you know, and I got to do it again. So it's, so in a way you think it like, it's just, Oh, some great, great, great feeling. That's a little pressure. Now it's like, all right, that one's done. Now I got to do something else. So it's, uh, it's not the, it's not one and done. I want to keep on uh, doing it. You know what I mean? Well, you're just at the start of it and you're a one man band from what I, what I know. I think yes. with Andrew Kaufman, um, Andy Kaufman, even um, he would, the character of him. And I still thought he was alive after he supposedly died. I'm, I'm a, a, a bit of a follower of him as well. I never thought he died. I thought the character, and I feel like you've got very similarities there. What happens when the Alex Stein 99 character blends with the real person? Where do you lose yourself in the middle there somewhere? Because you can't be 100 miles an hour all the time. You might need a nap during the day. Like, when does the character blame into the man? Oh, I, yeah. oh, oh, I nap. I nap. Well, honestly, I think it's sadly, I hate to admit this, Rich. Oh, I hate to admit this. I think the character's almost taken over in a weird way because now I've always a serial dater and I, I have girls throwing themselves at me. And I've been with, a, you know, I've, I've taken some opportunities since I've gone kind of viral. And I've, you know, I'll be honest, I've slept with some girls. I've done this and that. But I can't date because I'm so caught up in my, you know, I'm almost so such a narcissist in that I'm just busy doing stuff. Usually before I was like creating content and even at the beginning of creating content when I wasn't like it wasn't my you know total focus, I was able to date. I was able to spend time and you know, maybe go on a trip or, you know, care about going to dinner, or doing like the stuff that you do in a relationship. But now I'm so self-involved. The characters almost taken over, Rich. Like I almost do kind of think like maybe like I, there's too much pressure. I'm not going to stop now. But dude, I want to have kids. I want to have a wife. I want mm. to have the white picket fence in the American dream. There's no doubt about it. And I'm getting older every minute. I'm not I'm 35. I'm young, but I'm not that young. I'm actually quite, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 40 before I know it like that. And I don't want to be a 40 years old alone. I don't want to have kids when I'm 60, you know, and then not even be in my kid's life. So 
I, like like you said, the, the character is kind of almost like, well, at some point I have to be like a real person, you know, and have a family because that's something I want too. So so I guess I would say the character is kind of taking over at the moment. Um, but that's my focus. And, and that's that's what I care about most. But 35, I mean, I'm 41. Um, and I've got a little boys two years old, but 35 is still so pretty you young. So wait, you waited till 39. OK, yeah, yeah, late. yeah, late. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, late. My partner's 38. She's 38. So we were later. Yeah. So you're, you're still quite young, really. Um, but as you say, the character, what you're kind of doing is stopping this wokeness moving forward into what your kids would grow up around. Does it worry you that this becomes normal? I hate the term new normal, but they keep pushing it out. This wokeness, this insane psychopathy. And these people are insane. They are ill. Um, genuinely ill. And what we're seeing and what you're taking the mick out of is they've like they've just taken the stage and gone it's okay to be mentally ill and not only that we're going to celebrate it and let you go full pelt it's like it's like Alistair Crowley's favorite day just do what yeah. they will have a go does it worry you that that's going to become normal for kids and they're not going to be any different when they grow up well I think it's already happened it's like kind of you know obviously we look at you know David Icke you taught me problem reaction solution for them like you know these new world order these globalists like their solution is like, we're all one sex, one gender and one, you know, world and one race and one government, like everything's one, everything's blended together. And that's why there's no boys have a penis, girls have a vagina to them. It's like, um, they want at birthing persons, you know, a guy can have a baby, a girl can have a baby. They want to just make everything confusing and convoluted and live in the upside down world. So sadly, I almost think that we're at this tipping point where we're almost already there. You know what I mean? As much as I can yell and scream, it doesn't matter. The problem is that they have all of the schools, every single college that you go to here in America is an indoctrination camp. And I'm sure that's a, the same, you know, all over where you go to these schools, these schools are all woke schools. And then you look at the people that are teaching the school, the, the children in the younger schools, whether it's a, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, they're all putting in this like weird wokeness and this new normal. So unless we just homeschool our kids, we are literally when we when the kid is born, we send them off to the free public school or even, you know, some private schools are less woke. But the majority of people here in America send their kids to public school. These public schools are indoctrination camps at every level. It only gets worse as they get older. So for me, unless we change that system, unless we make it like what they're trying to do in Florida, the don't say gay bill, which doesn't mean you can't say gay. It just means you can't talk about your sexual relations to kids that are under 11 years old, hmm. which is how it should be. My point being is. When you can you can indoctrinate these youth at such a young age, the, the new normal's already started because they're the future of the world. So for me, it's like I think it's already too late. They kind of started probably when you and I were in school, and we kind of just it wasn't as strong. But now it's so blatant. I don't have a lot of hope for humanity and not being woke. I think it's almost impossible to fight it. There's just going to be half the people are going to be awake. And the other half aren't. You know what I mean? I think that's just where we're gonna we're gonna be split down the middle, in my opinion. We're already seeing it. The teachers, like that libtards of TikTok or whatever it's called. Yeah. You see a lot of these teachers. They've got a class. They've got their own uniform. They've got bleach hair, probably blue or green, <laughs> sometimes yellow, depending on how they feel that day or that afternoon. And and they're really in your face, and they're completely just absurd. But they're teachers. Now, that person would not be allowed in in the classroom and what happened to the dads like i'm not being funny but if i go to the class and i see my son in a classroom with that happening he's coming out the classroom and that person's getting getting an earful because yeah. what happened to the grown-ups there's no grown-ups in the room anymore 
No, Richard, you nailed it. So one of the one of the videos and, and uh, you know, stuff that I covered in the beginning of June, you know, a gay pride month, I went to a, a drag your kids to pride event where it was a, a drag queen show for kids. The kids were taping them like strippers and, you know, they were insinuating sex. They were gyrating and, the, and then the kids were coming on stage and walking with them. And one thing I noticed about that, it's like, as much as I want to get mad at the bar, as much as I want to get mad at the drag queens and as bad as I feel for the kids, because there's kids that were supposedly trying to play their video games and the parents were grabbing and said, no, look at the drag queen. It's the parents fault. Mm. It's the parents problem. Having a trans kid is like having a vegan cat. It's the parents and the owners making that decision. A kid doesn't necessarily know that they want to transition their sex. So we have a parent problem that are using their kids for social media clout or yeah. using it for attention and in a form of Munchausen by proxy where they can actually make their kids sick, whether it's mentally sick or physically sick by giving them some sort of hormone blocker that changes their whole identity. We have a parental problem. So you nailed it. It's like, I don't know what happened where maybe it's so many divorces. Maybe it's like a, a mom getting you know back at their dad if they get a divorce. I don't know why it is, but I think you actually kind of came to the, that's kind of the root of the problem is we have a parental problem here in America, 100%. We have it here too. I was um, a yeah. self-development thing a few years back. There's a little girl there doing the speaking. She was a self-development guru and she was seven and her mom was going around with a, with a bag and she's pulling out books from her daughter's self-development um plan and selling them in front of the kids the kid was a commodity and she's taking out a, a card reader in front of the kid and making swiping people, the car swiping the card in front of the kid and i'm like i've never seen something so mad sick and disgusting like happen in front of me like that that was just ex exploitation on another level but only that this was seven six seven years ago they that was accepted then and i was the only person going this is fucking insane what the fuck yeah. is going on here? That was okay. And everybody was clapping and going, hey, look at her. She's inspirational. She's seven. It, yeah. it, it was happening then, but it wasn't woke. It was just, just insane and psychotic. That's now acceptable. But now they've turned the colors up. Now they've just dyed the colors in. And now it's absolutely disgusting. Was it actually called drag your kids to pride to, yeah that's what it's called it's called drag your kids to pride that was the actual event that it was called so and they can get away there. with calling it that now like even that to yes. me would be like if you're in the marketing department going can't really call it that that's a bit much but that's okay <laughs> is it? Duh! drag your kids to pride i know it's literally yeah. like you know the insinuation that you have to actually you know grab them by their legs and you know pull them there unwanted I mean, I, and I see it's, it's I think there's there's a lot of people here in America. We have a huge immigration problem and I'm not even anti-immigration. I think people should immigrate here. But the problem is at our border, there's a lot of sex trafficking. There's a lot of drug trafficking. I lost one of my best friends, a guy named Clark uh, Gable. He, he was the grandson from the famous actor Gone with the Wind, Clark Gable. Okay. And, and um, he was like when I say he was like a heavy user, he's one of the you know biggest tolerances of people I ever saw. And then I get a call. He had like prescriptions to pills. He's from California, was was living here in Dallas. We were working on a TV show here in Dallas together. He was the host of the show and I was one of the producers of the show. And after the show was done, he uh, he went, I guess he ran out of the pills that he had and went and bought some uh, Vicodin or oxycodone or something and had fentanyl and he died. He woke up dead. And here in America, I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm saying he just went to sleep and he's usually a party animal. That's why I preference all that stuff. First of all, he had a big tolerance. Second of all, he's usually like at the club or doing all this crazy stuff, having 20 beers, smoking 100 cigarettes. The fact that he died with his 19 month old baby and his fiance in his bed, it's just 
it's insane. So my point being is we've had 108,000 drug overdose deaths because at our border, it's just open. You can just walk across it. They're not even searching you. They're so overwhelmed with all the immigration. So it's so easy, even if they catch drugs, because fentanyl is being produced in such high, you know, high amounts by China, it's just flooding our country. And that's the problem. It's like people don't even care about our border. They don't care about stopping you know, all the drug trafficking, sex trafficking. And you'll see parents, they, because there's so much trafficking, you'll see they don't even have a job. Almost here in Dallas, in Texas, we're right by the border. You go to like all the main intersections, they'll be like, you know, and then they're not even Mexican. They're like from South, South Africa or I mean, not South Africa, excuse me, South America. They'll, they'll be a mom with her two kids sitting there with a sign, you know, the poorly run sign sitting there for hours with their kids, basically using them as, you know, guilt collateral to get, um, you know, to beg. And you're just like, gosh, this is so bad. You just see it everywhere. And, and I want to help these people. And, and a lot of them do get help from social services because America is really, a, you know, people say, we're a capitalist market. We're also kind of a welfare state. If you need help, we'll give you help. And I'm, I'm pro that too. I'm actually, I think, you know, socially we should help people that are in need. My point being is like, we have a system where parents are literally trafficking their kids. We act like parents care about their kids. They're literally selling them to coyotes to be sex trafficked across our border and to take drugs. So the parents don't care about the kids. They're literally using their kids for, to gain the most minuscule amount of wealth or, or you know just just to scrape by they'll sell their kids out and it's really disgusting what's happening with uh, with our border and with the crisis that we're facing here in texas and all over a friend of mine charlie robinson calls it the controlled demolition of the united states um charlie's right charlie's is that what you see now. happening dude it is see it is america last and see that's the problem is and i should have noticed this because i remember in california when i lived in california i remember that's when as i was like 2010 that's when they started using the term nationalist as a bad thing it's like oh he's a white nationalist and what does that mean you're a white guy that loves america i mean what's wrong with loving america <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah. seriously yeah. i'm mean, like what does that mean okay well well i thought we we're supposed to have american pride i thought we we're supposed to have america they want us to hate America. Literally, they try to, you know, say, oh, America sucks. You should hate your own country. Yet we have hundreds of thousands of people every single month that want to come here and immigrate to America. And it's not that bad, but they're literally, like Charlie says, it is a controlled demolition in order to weaken our country, in order to make us hate our own country. Because if you do, there's people that say if you have an American flag in your front yard, that's a hate symbol. Richard, that's real. Like literally, if, if you go, if you walk by somebody's house and they have a big flagpole with American flag, there'll be a, and not the most, not the majority, but there will be a minority of people like, oh, that's a hate symbol. Why would he like this country? So that's where we're at. They're literally trying to do a controlled demolition of our own country in, in the sake of globalism, because that's what they want to have. They want to have some sort of new world order, one world order. And it's very simple. It, it, we're being run by these multinational corporations and these corporations do business all over the world, whether it's in, you know, China, whether it's in uh, Mexico, Canada, you know, like you took a look at Pfizer, you look at Halliburton, they do so much business in the Middle East. And the fact is, because they don't, the more they can destabilize America, that gives them more control in these other countries, because then they can use you know, our resources like the CIA or like our military in order to go be the fake world police and take over control and put their industries in put their banks in, put whatever they want in so that they can build up their businesses, but it doesn't build up America. They have to actually make America weaker in order to gain this global dominance. And you see it with all of our politicians when they vote to send all these billions of dollars to the Ukraine, yet they don't help out our terrible homeless issue here in America. They're not, they're not doing anything to do with the drug issue. A lot of that money can be used to help people here in America. But they don't want to do that. They want to, you know, help out these military industrial complex companies and give them money to go fight wars that we have nothing to do with.
It's insane, isn't it? And did you mention something there about um, about having the flag up and then hating hating the flag and and kind of repurposing the the term white nationalism? Although it's actually fine to say drag you of kids to pride, that's fine. But white yeah. nationalist is uh-huh. apparently in this stupid fucking world we live in. Um, but self hatred seems to be something that they keep pushing in. So you can't love your country; that's a bad thing. Can't love your gender. You're at your normal mm-hmm. gender. That's bad. You're you're the problem with climate change. That's human clause. You did that. You can't, if you don't have a jab, then you're hurting someone else. Don't worry about your yeah. health. Worry about someone else's health. It's all about making you out to be the problem. You're the problem. And that's what seems to be getting through these subtle, subtle knocks is that humanity is the problem here. I think it even said it in one of the Rockefellers um, agenda 21, one of the earlier ones was the biggest threat to humanity is humanity itself. That's on their agenda. That's part, that's their psychos, that's their psychosis. That is their psychology, even. The humanity you know, is the biggest problem to humanity itself. And that means every single one of us other than them. No, and you're 100% right. And then the plan is working because they have everybody here in America on an SSRI, on an antidepressant that makes them hate themselves more. And they said, oh, well, we have all these great psychotropic drugs. You know, mental health crisis is going to get much better. It's gotten much worse. So now people can play this victimhood and they, you know, they can, they feel like they hate themselves more. And that's why they got to get vaccinated because they hate themselves so much. Well, let's just do it for the greater good. It's all for the greater good. Well, we're going to greater good ourselves to death, you know? And that's the thing is we got to take back that individualism or that autonomy and that are, are, you know, take it, have some sort of self-reliance or self-independence or even self-esteem. We have a country with no self-esteem. Everybody wants to be the victim. And if you're not the victim, you're the uh, enemy. And I think you nailed it. It's like, you know, humanity is the biggest threat to itself is humanity. And people just, they buy that hook, line and sinker. And that's what makes me really sick, Richard. That's because they've been put. So the next thing is they've been put that, that basically uh, uh, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. The lack of responsibility of doing anything you said earlier about you putting yourself out there and the willingness and the braveness to be the universe um, equally hated as liked. You still, had to choose something. People have got to the point where they've been indoctrinated to think, just stay out of the way. We'll handle this. We're the adults. You stay over there, but we'll give you a tiny morsel of that and be happy with it. People have got to the point. They're so exhausted and so confused, as you said earlier, which is happening even more and more, that they'll just fizzle out. It's like a big brain fart. They'll just add enough. And that's where we're going with it. They've just gone, oh, I don't know. <laughs> No, it is. And they, there's, they're worried about their bills or worried about whatever. They're just going to, oh, just let the teacher raise my kid. Oh, you know, I'm worried at work. They're getting, you know, they're worried about getting fired. So they just want to shut up and keep their head down. And that's the problem. I mean, people are just, they don't want to have a life. They want to let other people figure it out. But the people that are figuring out for them, it's it's like, these are the people that are going to say, oh, well, sudden adult death syndrome. It's just a new thing. Oh, it's this great thing. You know, it's the same people that said it's sudden infant death syndrome. Yeah, you look at the schedule of, you know, vaccines for young children and you know when when the you know when the rise of that happened it's direct correlation but they'll say correlation doesn't mean causation and these people that can figure everything out here they just did a study one in 30 kids is born autistic so now drastically all of these children being born are having you know defects where they're born you know uh, literally excuse my french retarded and people are like oh well somebody else figured it out for me you know somebody else knows better than me the people do not want to do the research themselves. They just want to take an experimental shot with no long-term testing and listen to somebody else's, uh, listen to Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci knows. Yet if you do any research to Dr. Fauci, you look what he did with AIDS. You look what he mm-hmm. did in the 80s. He, you know, there's a lot of stuff that was not very good. But these people, 
They don't want to do one. They don't want to look one centimeter under the surface because not because they're bad people, not even because they're stupid, but because they're stressed about so many other innocuous things, so many externalities that they're worried about. They don't even want to think, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should make a decision on my own. But instead, they listen to Stephen Colbert, they listen to Jimmy Kimmel, or they listen to Saturday Night Live, or they listen to Brian Seltzer, and they just let somebody else that they think is smarter than them decide for them. And that's probably the biggest problem is people do not want to just make decisions and do the research themselves. Also, they want to be told what to think and what is the right thing to say. But as you go back yeah. to virtue sickness and virtue signaling, you've got people like Jill Biden coming out and saying, waffling on about women's rights and women's body autonomy. And a year ago, her and her husband are pushing mandated vaccines on women. How can someone have that, what is called the fetishist split there, the cognitive dissonance to go, these two opposing ideas do not mash together, but I'm going to hold them. And, and these pe people are doing this now. These woke left are doing this. They're telling you that you need to get a mandatory experimental jab in you, but also you have body autonomy and that's the right thing for women. Now, now, how can you hold those two things that is opposing ideas in your mind and still think that you, you are a reasonable um, human being? Well, when I go and ask them, I go and I ask them, I've you know, done some videos where I said, you know, I go to these Roe versus Wade protests and I ask people, are you in favor of my body, my choice? And of course they go, yeah, of course. I love my body, my choice. Well, are you in favor of the vaccine being mandated to work or travel? They're like, well, that's, that's for the greater good. You know, that's, you know, that, that should be mandated. And then you I ask them, have it well, both ways. of course, but then you ask them, isn't that a little hypocritical? And then they'll say, well, I'm allowed to be hypocritical. <laughs> so people, that's what they'll say. And they, so they know they're being a hypocrite and they just say, oh, well, I'm allowed to be a hypocrite. It's not a crime to be a hypocrite. And all these people in power are hypocrites. I mean, if you, the, this huge, this is a huge issue right now here in America, this Roe versus Wade getting overturned. Yet now it's a state's right. So you, there's going to be states where you can always get an abortion. Yeah, you might have to get on a Greyhound bus. Even if you're poor, you might have to buy a $75 bus ticket to go to you know, a state over and get it done. But it's still possible. But you know, th this is the problem. Is even the people that are pro-choice, even the people that say, oh, I, I'm pro-abortion, when they get surveyed, overwhelmingly, they all think that there should be a limit. Maybe after the second trimester, after 14 weeks, after 20 weeks, you should not be able to do it. You should have decided by then. But the people that are in power, like Kamala Harris, the people that are in Congress, they're trying to get abortion up to seven days after birth. So they're not even trying to do what the people want. Yeah, that, that's Pardon? a fact. Look in California. Seven yes, days Cal after birth. After birth. That's, yes. That's not abortion, yes. is it? That's, yeah, I, that's called murder. <laughs> Yes, of course it is. Yes, that's what they're saying. That 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 they're trying to get a bill passed to do that here in California. Can you they abort to... your eighty-year-old granddad? They would if they could. If it was legal, they would. No, you can't. Obviously, Richard, you can't do that. But that's how sick these people are. They want to be able to abort up until birth, and, and that's disgusting. Now, they, like you'll ask them, oh, well, you know, the baby has a heartbeat. Oh, well, it's not a baby. It's just a clump of cells. Well, with that logic, you and I are just clumps of cells. And then you have Elizabeth Warren, who's one of the most popular politicians here on the left. She was complaining because here we have these pregnancy centers where you'll go there and it's not an abortion clinic. But what they do is they give you a free 3D ultrasound and they'll show you that the heart is beating and they'll show you what's inside their baby. And they'll give you, you know, uh, methods of, of how to get financing or how to let the baby be adopted or try to how to help you conceive the baby. And Elizabeth Warren called these places evil and that they should be shut down yet if you're somebody that you know because she wants to be able to have an abortion all the way up to you know the last trimester but if you're just a normal person how are they the bad guys how are the ones that are trying to save the babies even the people that are pro-choice have to realize that those places 
are inherently good. They're inherently trying to help a child that is being born inside of somebody, even if they don't want it. They're going to give you, uh, you know, sources where they can get it adopted, where you can literally mm -hmm. get all of your medical bills paid for you. If you go to the hospital, it won't even cost you anything to have the baby. And they think they're evil. It's because we're in the upside down world. We're in the clown world. And, and for me, you know, going after all this wokeness, you and Gareth trying to call it out on your show, it's going to wake some people up. But the system is so screwed up. We need like, it, it almost needs to, you know, they say build back better. It does need to collapse. Like everything almost needs to collapse. And we need to come back and build it back in a, in a normal way. Not this way where the clinics that are trying to help babies be born are the evil ones. And then all the abortion clinics are, oh, they're so good. They're women's health. Yeah, they it, don't even talk about the baby's health. Exactly. It's inverted. It's upside down. It's inside out. Do you get, because we get this um, from time to time, um, Gareth from all myself, people come up to me and say, thank you for making me feel like I'm not so alone and not so mad, saying what I want people to say. And not enough people do these types of shows. And I think there's room for so many more of these types of shows. Well, ours are different styles. But um, do you get people like that come up to you and say, thank you for saying what I thought I want to say? I, I would like to have been able to say for myself even. I get too many people saying that I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, and I'm not like trying to say that in some sort of like, you know, I'm super popular, but everybody's telling me, thank you. I'm like, no, really don't, don't even thank me. I don't, I don't even need to be thanked. I'm not even doing, you know, that great of a job. I'm just really just trying to like, like you said earlier, you know, it's very easy to expose this narrative and this culture by just putting a mirror to it. But my favorite thing to hear is I love when people say, Oh, well, Alex, I saw your goofball thing. And I went, I spoke at my school board meeting. I spoke at my city council meeting. I spoke at my, you know, whatever town hall, you know, or whatever it is, you know, the parks and rec meeting. That's my favorite thing. And that's what I know. That's what I'm starting to notice is more. And I'm getting that message more and more rich. And that makes me feel so good. Somebody's like, well, I would have never spoke to my city council, but I spoke because I saw you do it. So, so I, I appreciate when everybody's like, oh, thank you. And that makes me feel good, you know, but I don't, I'm not necessarily doing it to, to be thanked. But when I, when somebody tells me, oh, I went and I spoke up because this is why public speaking is people's biggest fears. I think they rank fears. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, public speaking or, uh, you know, is right up there with snakes and spiders and flying. It's literally like three out of those four, I believe. So it's not easy for somebody to go up there and speak and not everybody has to go up there and, you know, be a goofball and wear a women's bathing suit and call out Leah Thomas who swam on the men's team for three years and then gets to go join the women's team and win multiple NCAA championships. You don't have to be a goofball, but for me, it makes me feel so good because the only way we fix this problem, like I was saying earlier about, you know, bringing down the system, we have to start at a local level. Like as much as I want to get bad, mad at Jill Biden and Joe Biden and, you know, Hunter Biden spoken crack and all that stuff. If you can actually go in your town and you get legislation where you don't want to have to wear a mask or you shouldn't be mandated to get a job, that's where you have, a, you know, the biggest effect. Because here in America, like I was just, just saying earlier, states rights, you can actually find a city where the rules actually fit your viewpoints. If you want to be masked up and quadruple vaccinated, well, go to California. You're going to fit right in. But if you don't want that, come to Texas. So my point being is the places we make the biggest impact is at the local level, speaking up to these politicians and actually holding them accountable once they get in power. But nobody does that. We don't hold these politicians accountable enough. Could you get even more local? Like around here, I don't know if you heard about this. I'm sure you did. That In the UK, we had Thursday nights clap for the NHS thing going on oh, and people yeah, went under. With the it pots was and pans fucking insane <laughs> um and literally everybody in my cul-de-sac did it other than me and my partner obviously and she's the only everybody, one who wait rich yeah. hold on everybody was out there beating yeah. on it but but who could hear it i mean the, the hospital couldn't hear it it was just well, a virtue no, signal they, they yeah. were they were smacking pans <laughs> at the sky it was hilarious it was funny sad and just baffling 
And um, it well, was- Well, this is the thing. I almost realized it because some of those videos I saw where they get in line outside of the hospital, almost that I would kind of understand. I mean, it's still terrible or whatever, but like that I can understand. But just going out in your backyard and beating a pan for no one here is <laughs> literally insane. mental. I mean, yeah. it's it literally insane for no, it's, it's it's a saying, if a tree falls in the woods, is to make a noise. I mean, it literally, it doesn't even make a noise if you're going out there and nobody hears it. It's just, oh, it's Well, they were hearing it with mental. each other, weren't they? So they were all rubbernecking to see who didn't come out. The strange thing is that my partner, um, Sam at the time, she left the NHS now because of all of this stuff, was the only one who actually worked at the NHS. Um, and she didn't uh, do it. Wow. She, didn't she didn't do, do it. Um, and she actually left and, and, and left after 11 years because she refused the, the vaccine or the, the experimental <sighs> gene therapy, not Makes the vaccine. sick. But we didn't go out and do it. So is there a way of not doing non-complying and not doing things, but also speaking to someone on a one-to-one level and just going a bit mad in it? Take the mask off, bit mad. Why are you putting out? Look, because some people can't get up on the stage and do that. Can they do something at a one to one level that can make a little bit of a difference, even if it's just a difference for themselves to go, at least I said something? Well, of course, it's called being civilly disobedient. We cannot just be totally disobedient. Like, like I said, there's a part in the in the pandemic. I didn't fly for two years because I didn't want to wear a mask on an airplane. But I love to travel now. Now, now that they dropped the mask mandate, I'm flying somewhere every weekend. And now I look back, I'm like, why didn't I just? Even though I don't want to play the reindeer games, I'm saying. I could have worn it like now I'll put on a video where I'll wear, to put tin masks on an airplane. I should have done that two years ago, joking, making fun of the mask or put a mask with it. You know, I should have gone all the way it. over the top with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I should have I should have been trolling the mask when they make me wear the mask on it. And my point being is that would have been civilly disobedient. That's the only way we win this culture war. We win this, you know, this this wokeness uh, war, whatever you want to call it, is that we can't be so disobedient that we go to jail or that we like like listen. She lost her job. That's terrible. You know, that's that's so disobedient because you can't even work there anymore. And that makes me sick. People shouldn't have to lose their job for any sort of mandate. But at the same time, it's like you can't just capitulate and do whatever they tell you to do because that's not living your life. That's that's exactly what they want you to do. Is It's not about, you know, the spread of a disease or the spread of a virus. It's about you, um, you know, complying. And so the fact that that, you know, you have the the balls, excuse my French or whatever you want to say to, to, to not play their, you know, their games. That's beautiful. But at the same time, we have to be civilly disobedient so much so where we don't necessarily get in trouble, but we don't follow the rules like they want us to follow and we do not comply. And, and that's like, you're saying the one-on-one people have to realize that if you're watching this, like you have to figure out a way where you do not comply to these rules and laws that make no sense. Yeah, they make absolutely no sense. So after all of this, and you're, 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 you're doing so much now, see so Fox News is, is huge. You've got millions of viewers on all your videos. It's great to see, as I keep saying, and it really genuinely is because what you're doing is important and not enough people are doing this through satire and comedy. When this kind of, like after a few years of this, what would you do on the back end of this? Obviously, when when you kind of play the character, and it is it is, it is you, from what I can tell, and I can't say that I, I know you well, but we spoke a couple of times, obviously. But yeah. with the volume turned right up, would you kind of help other people? What is what could be in the future for you? Well, of course, I want to help people, but see, this is the this is the other problem. Is like we're kind of patting me on the back. I'm getting these views, or I'm getting you know, people are starting to notice me now. I'm you know all these people are asking me to be on their shows, and I'm getting all this attention. But th- there's a, the reason why is because there's a huge void. Mm. And a lot of people should be doing this. A lot of people should be creating content that is not 
uh, politically correct. We should be more politically incorrect. So what I what I see is going to happen if I had to pick in five years, I think there's going to be a lot more people doing what I'm doing, doing what you're doing. That doesn't necessarily mean going and making a fool out of themselves at meetings, but I'm talking about going against the political correctness. We're only going to create an army of more people that are like, oh, I don't, I'm not following the rules. So that's what I kind of see. That's what I see it like a whole uh, new cultural awakening of people being like, well, this is not okay. And I'm, I'm going to speak up against it. And I also see in five years, if I had to make my prediction, you look at all this legacy media, whether it's CNN or whether it's like Fox or the, you know, the big channels, I think those are going to be dying quickly. I just don't think they're, they're, they're sustainable. I know these advertisers are going to be able to, you know, you know, whatever, keep them afloat for a little bit, but people are going to realize it's the micro influencers like you're my, like myself, like you, that people actually care about that people actually trust. So I think a lot of that, a lot of that TV and media is going to die and that's going to create a whole new genre already. It's creating now everybody has a podcast, right? Literally anybody with a microphone has a podcast, but that's only going to get more Richard. That's only going to get. And then at that point, that's kind of like when we win the culture war in a way. It's like there's going to be so many counter narrative people that have a voice and that have a following that when you combine them to the places like CNN, to the legacy MSNBCs, we're going to be more powerful than them because we're going to be able to come together. Like if you look at my if you look at my, my views on my Twitter, you look at Brian Seltzer, he has a million followers. I'm sure his are fake. But if you look at the videos he posts and the videos that I post, I get more views than the top guy. And I'm not saying I get some great views. There's people that crush me with views that play video games. I'm not saying my views are that good, but I'm talking about just kind of the political world. But like these people are not undefeatable is my point being, you know, that's just one guy. But if there's, if there's 10 Alex Steins in five years, there's, you know, uh, uh, you know, 10 Iconics, there's 10, you know, these, uh, you know, whatever counterculture media companies, like I work for the Blaze, you know, currently, if there's 10 of those in the future, those 10 are going to beat CNN or those big ones. So that's what I picture in the future is we're going to have a lot of micro, what we call micro influencers, but they'll be more powerful than the legacy media at that point. I think you're absolutely right. And I think they'll be playing catch up when they realize the game is up. Um, yeah. Alex, where can people find you, find your work and connect with you? Yeah, you know, I'm on Instagram, Primetime Stein. I'm on Twitter at Alex999. I'm on YouTube at Alex Stein. And, and I'm all over the internet. If you can't find me, you're not looking at that hard. Uh, and, and honestly, the, the people are like, oh, I want to support you financially. Or this and that. If you guys just watch my stuff, share my stuff, that's the best way that you can support me because I want to get this message across. And I also say this all the time. I'm, all my stuff is public domain. If you want to reshare my stuff, any of my videos, I don't care. You want to remix it, edit it, whatever you want. I want people to know that that are watching this people out there. I tell them all the time. Uh, mine's free. I don't want anything. I don't want anything, you know, Oh, uh, do I need your permission to share it? No, please share it everywhere. And that's why Twitter is such a great platform but for the people that are watching this on YouTube. If you want to go to my YouTube channel and rip every video down and post it on your channel, go for it. I don't care because we have to get the message out there. It's not about money. That's the other big problem. I want to make this last point is we have a society where inanimate objects, material things, bring people happiness and that is poisonous especially here in america oh i gotta have this car if i don't have this car i'm not gonna people are gonna think i'm stupid a car is your junk everything that you own is it, that you think is going to make you feel better turns to crap in six months it becomes the old version of it so you're going to be constantly playing this game where you never have the newest stuff and having all of this you know 
crap for, for lack of a better word is materialistic mindset where i have to have a gucci thing i have to have this go to a thrift store i love a thrift store you know go to whatever you know go buy something uh, uh second hand if you really want to buy something nice do not spend all of your your time working and get all of your money to buy crap in order to impress people that don't care about you so that's a huge problem in this day and age is the materialism so we need to get back to not worrying about the opinions of others and not buying stuff to impress people that don't care about you so that's that's my last message i want to say i think materialism that's what they want us to do and you see it in that movie they live when you take off the glasses and all the advertising consume 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 quit consuming the crap they want you to consume and consume stuff and build a family do stuff that makes you happy find a hobby that you like that doesn't cost a billion dollars that you know that doesn't cost you all that much money go exercise go get some sun you know go get some vitamin d you know don't just get vaccinated don't just wear your mask and then sit on your couch all day you know watching internet porn and, and you know downloading whatever stupid movie they want want you to watch and buying whatever crap on amazon that you don't need try to you know save your money and do not put it into crap that is not going to make you happy at the end of the day well, that, I can't top that. That's fantastic, guys. And obviously, I hope you've enjoyed this. Please go and go and check the links out below for Alex and Alex. And genuinely, is said again, but seeing you do so well, so and I'd love to get you back on in the next few months. And I'm sure we'll work together in the future. Oh, we will. We'll be working to together for sure, Richard. Yes, yes, we will. And I'm going to come over there. I'm going to be there because I got to go visit. Uh, I got to go hang out with you and Gareth and Jamie. I got to. Oh, hang out let's with do. Let's record so, some yeah. content as well because yeah, we're setting yeah. up some more. Um, satire comedy content so we'd love to get you well i need to that. go to some meetings there i need to go what city are you in uh what city are you in they're in derby but i'm in norwich so i'm a couple of hours away from them but i go and visit them regularly to catch up and well, make sure i, I need to go to a, I, I need to go to a council meeting there that'd be great you know oh I mean? yeah in england that would be they wouldn't know what to do over here they would be absolutely shocked <laughs> it'd be like a firework going off in their face <laughs> cheers guys i hope you enjoyed that and please leave comments below and i appreciate your time alex we'll speak soon take care Goodbye. See ya. Your call is important to us. Hello and welcome to tonight's show. You've arrived at your destination. Connecting.